welcome to Wrestling and Everything Coast to Coast with your host, Buddy Satello Esquire, and this week, the the illustrious and heretofore missing in action, but gr- wrestling's greatest photographer, Mike Leno. So, um, we missed you definitely on the show for the last few weeks, and I know that you had some personal business to take care of, so we don't have to discuss it here unless you... Well, no, I had a relative that's been, uh, you know, hospitalized. It's been really pretty serious at age 95 to fall, break a hip, right at the same time, like a couple of weeks before Scott Hall. So I think I've been gone at least four or five weeks. Uh, But she managed to survive that surgery. And when they, for somebody that's that age, you know, almost 96 or 95 and a half for them to say, well, you either don't have the surgery and you'll be bedbound or you have the surgery and you'll be able to walk. Well, no, she's still like bedbound and it, you know, it's so painful. She's on serious meds and you know, it's like, so why put her through all that pain and a surgery, which is life threatening potentially if she's going to be the same either way, bedbound, but we'll see. Um, nah. on note, so I apologize for being away for so long. Evan said he's maybe to call in, give us some updates on WrestleMania night two. I'm not going to call it WrestleMania Sunday, WrestleMania night two. But I guess we are the only two wrestling fans probably not watching it right now. Well, not watching it. I'll watch the replay. I watched the highlights from yesterday. I want to say that tonight, nothing will be coming out of our mouths about anybody's wives. And I go to Target yesterday. Uh, I guess we can't oh, really see it. come up, yeah. Will Smith book. So it's already 30% off, but it said take an extra 50% off. But the reason I'm bringing this up besides getting it, and I used to like this guy, but now, you know, I have like zero respect for the guy. Uh, once we finally found out it wasn't a work last week at the Academy Awards, was this book was sitting and they, somebody had brought a whole bunch of baby products, diapers, and had all these baby products insinuating that Will Smith is a baby. <laughs> and I, I couldn't resist it. 80% off. So now how do we know that it's not a work? I still don't. No, it's not because uh, I, I've heard our movements. Oh, we just did it to help Rock's ticket sales. No, Chris Rock's concerts sell out irregardless. So, you know, we it wasn't because now Will Smith, Netflix, and some other production companies and platforms are distancing themselves and they put on hiatus projects they were doing. So this is going to cost him some serious money, which should happen. I mean, if it was an athlete that did this, you know, they might or you know, peds or drugs or some kind of thing, performance enhancing drugs, they would be suspended for X period of time without pay, maybe fined. But I inevitably think back towards the Andy Kaufman, yeah, uh, Jerry so, Lawler. That was on a, that was not an award show. And the, the, the weird thing about all of this, you watch him, he hears the joke, you watch his face, he's laughing. Then they cut or they pan over to his wife. She's not laughing. So I don't know if she told him to do something or but he initially laughed at it and then when he slaps chris rock he leaves he walks away laughing once again i don't know it's just stupid and it took away from quest love who chris rock was going to present to for that great documentary that we're here he and I raved about that uh, 
Summer of Soul, you know, that concert series from about the time of Woodstock, but it was all these black African-American legends of music and, and many, many more, you know, drawing huge, amazing crowds. Uh, I mean, massive crowds. So I, I still still think until I hear otherwise and there's proof of why he did it and, and that Will Smith somehow, you know, uh, and Chris Rock really tell the truth about it. I think there's something about this that, that we didn't. Well, Eddie, <laughs> the thing people keep saying is Will Smith trained, did all this stuff to play Muhammad Ali in a movie, bulked up, and he knows how to punch. We've seen the videos, actually, of him teaching at least one African-American kid how to fake slap. If you've not seen that one, go look at that from a couple of years ago. He's teaching him how to you know, slap. Yes. Pretend to slap. He's doing it like the wrestlers do, you know, on his hand. Right. They do that so fast, you you never hardly see that. It's not like Hogan with his hand on top of a guy's head, and then he just punches his hand. No, so Chris, Chris Rock did not react in the way that I would think that someone who oh, got... Oh, he it out. What, I give that guy all the credit in the world. Say, say this is a shoot. It's legit. Let's assume it is. Chris Rock took it and masterfully did stuff. You know, oh, wow. I don't know. If someone flat out walked up to me and slapped me in the face, I would jump on top of him and start yeah, attacking. No. I don't even care if it's no, Will Smith. Chris Rock is a professional. Will Smith has had anger, temper issues. But I don't even want to waste time talking about it because this has been a huge weekend. Let me ask sure. you, if you've not watched night one, obviously we're not watching night no. two for WrestleMania. Did you have interest in watching like the Ring of Honor show? From what I've heard, I have not. I'm going to order it out of this world. And and the two matches, you know, uh, main importance. You know, Bandito will throw out a spoiler, dropping and unifying the title with uh, uh, Jonathan Gresham taking both titles now, unifying. You know, which was basically his anyway. But and then the tag match, FTR and the Briscoes. And uh, the FTR Briscoes match, everyone that uh, people are saying that's the match of the year right now. And I said that, but other people are saying both of those matches are match of the years. And yeah, you know, it has a lot, a lot of heavy AEW influence because Tony Khan bought it. That's his right to do. But having Samoa Joe come at the end and, you know, possibly challenge Jonathan Gresham, that is like a total dream match, you know, particularly if it's the Samoa Joe even resembling the Samoa Joe of Ring of Honor pro wrestling gorilla past where he was doing fantastic stuff. When he did a dive out on me and, and the late Boom Boom Kamini, he, he did that. We did manage a match against Samoa Joe once. And, and Samoa Joe was a frequent um, uh, visitor to all pro wrestling. and, and Oh, yeah. Well, he came up with all of the the Frankie Kazarian and cheerleader Melissa, who was then with one of the Ballard twins. The Ballards, yes. Twins, uh, and they would come up. But that was, that was actually the best of the three that can maybe briefly bring us into this curve. Yeah, Bassman was the guy who... Bassman brought up his UPW wrestlers, and they had a mock, and that led up to King of the Indies, or prior to it, at the Vallejo County Fairgrounds. When they, we first at APW had those Vallejo County Fairground things, it was a lot of the APW versus UPW, which was a decent and well-run 
you know, for the short time it was, and, and Samoa Joe was paired mostly with Keiji Sakoto, who passed away as tag partner, but you also had uh, Spanky, Brian Kendrick. You had a lot of these great talents from down there. Uh, John Cena. Yeah. You know, and and eventually Brian Danielson. You know, Daniel Bryan. It was a UPW, but when he came in, that's what led to the whole mess uh, and, and pissed off Mike Modest, Donovan Morgan, Bison Mark Smith, and uh, uh, Frank Murdoch to all leave. But they took nearly every worker, behind the scenes people, refs, almost everybody left me. Uh, you. Me, uh, yeah, I, I left with Pro Wrestling still Iron. covered both of them, although a couple of times at the, the Iron Dojo, uh, Modest would just say, Mike, you ring announced. Uh, what's his face didn't show up. So I did a couple of them. I wasn't good, obviously. Alan Bolte. Did Alan Bolte do some iron uh, ring? No, out? but my brother did. My brother yeah. did do a number of of announcing jobs at Pro Wrestling Iron. It was fun. And I, I really lament or miss the fact that iron wasn't around longer, uh, you know, because. I totally agree with you. School. Matches were great. You had Ring of Honor people coming. I know we've talked about uh, uh, Sarah D'Amato. Look, I miss Iron almost as much as anybody because I was getting a great push as a manager there. I I got to manage against all the talent outgoing, um, uh, incoming talent that we had that was facing uh, Mark Smith because he had nor first been one of my guys at Super Destroyer 2000. So in Iron. They pitted me against Mark Smith when they put the title on him, and I got to. So he was just too popular. Yeah, but I got all. I got to manage all sorts of great matches. I got to manage Nigel McGuinness against uh, against Mark Smith and B.J. Whitmer against Mark Smith, and so you know, I it w whatever outside talent was coming in, what a I got to manage them. So that just leads me to. I'll briefly just talk about the Kirk White thing, but tell me though first, what is this video handshake, indie handshake video? What the heck is indie handshake? I'm not. A oh, oh, you haven't seen it yet. The uh, tribute to to um, Kirk White. Indie handshake is Jesus Cruz and Paul Pontes and 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 the gang that used to do the video editing over at APW. They have their yep. own show the indie handshakes and they've been on this sh very show and i've been on their show and they do a lot of so they're part of our apw family yeah and so oh. they um they're releasing a lot of apw and pro wrestling iron especially iron stuff oh. because um you know they have it and and it's just kind of sitting there and nobody's really doing anything with it it's it's sort of just sort of suspended in midair so those guys are releasing them on the internet and you can see some great matches like me versus uh, me and bj whitmer against mark smith and also uh uh me managing a couple of other uh uh bouts when i was in and, and that's the website is it called indie handshake indie handshake just look for it on youtube just That's go great. to YouTube and do and so look. Is this answer. a complimentary or is it my like my uh, thing? I was asked to write uh, here. I'll throw it out. I was asked last December, like a couple of like a day and a half after Kirk White dies, 
on what was it, Christmas Eve, I was asked by the Slam editor to write something on it because he knew I had my, you know, I was there. I knew Kirk before anything started, you know, when he was just a fan. And uh, he wanted, you know, so I said, well, I'm not going to do just a straight tribute because this guy was a difficult person. He was he sure was. respectful, you know, a lot of, you know, no one's pure evil or pure good. But this guy was... He was a promoter. He was the typical promoter. It's interesting. That was what I wrote. Whereas Roland was a student. He grew up loving the business for the right reasons. He loved the business. And then he was a student. He would go and often he would, at times when they were at war, he would sneak into Kirk's shows, go up in the balcony where he wouldn't be seen, you know, go up as high up as possible. Like we did that. Yeah, he was a pretty obvious guy, but sometimes he did have guys. But he was studying. He would send students out. He was studying the matches as a student of wrestling, which is like anybody, somebody as big as Paul Heyman. They go and look at their competition like he'd go and watch the Coraluzo shows. But. So there were two very brief APW versus Big Time, that Kirk's Kirk White's promotion feuds, and they fizzled out because Kirk didn't give a shit and wouldn't put any effort in. And when the feuds are happening, he comes to the dojo like a half hour before the show starts, misses the booking meeting, and he's with Jason Styles with him. I'm not blaming Jason at all, but Kirk goes, you know, put me on first so I can cut my promo, and then you know we got to head out of here. We got, you know a game or we've got, uh, we're going out to dinner, something like that. And that's all the input that would come out of Kirk. So that's why those two feuds failed. Whereas Rick Bassman, another student who loved wrestling and he just, you know, he loved it. He was no innocent guy either. He had his, you know, some problems, but uh, he was more towards the 24 seven good guy status in my book. He always treated me well and Actually, I don't know anybody's had a bad word to say about him. He, you know, spread himself thin. He was doing MMA and wrestling at the same time. And, uh, you know, wrestling kind of phased out. Now, here he's doing great. He's in Hawaii doing something else. I don't know if he's doing MMA where MMA is popular. But he's, uh, you know, there. And and hopefully when I feel like it's safe to travel, uh, I want to go visit him because he was a good dude. Uh, I wouldn't go out of my way that much for Kirk White. But... You know, so I told the editor at Slam, Greg, I go, this is going to be warts and all. I'm not going to just laud this stuff. So he sat on the piece for three months until just days before, you know, what was the rescheduled BTW show. And then it it really turned into a Kirk White tribute. And I get that because, you know, his family was devastated and, you know, blah, blah, blah. When people die, people are hurt and his audience, you know, liked him. It was a more um, old school wrestling crowd, I would say, than the more sophisticated in terms of real high quality wrestling from top to bottom, APW. No, or but APW did entertain a lot of people over the years. I mean, let's be, oh, it, the wrestling was not great. Us, there were some shitty ass cards, yes. only by the APW talent. And Kirk would, let's be honest, the, the thing that would attracted the people was Kirk, you know, started. He, he began, you know, Woody and I helped him at the very beginning. And I'd known him when he was coming up and, and buying my photos at the Cow Palace. I was the ringside photographer. I was ahead. Really the only listed program photographer. There's just nobody else there uh, from 79 on. But before that, you know, I was coming up from 73 on 
to the Cow Palace, you know, for the annual battle royals and anything of interest to me, like a Pat Patterson versus Lonnie Moondog Maine. I, I had to shoot that and I wanted to. So I would come up, but Alan Boldy took over the program in 73, December of 73, and almost immediately began listing me on the title page, you know, where he put himself as editor of Roy's program. The program was called Action Wrestling Magazine. It was like a literal magazine, you know, sometimes 20 to 28 pages long. Most programs were just a piece of paper folded well, yeah, over. Yeah, I mean, this was before the internet, so that was the only way you could get that was it. A big, that's a big program. Uh, even the Madison Square Garden program was one glossy piece of paper folded in half, so you had four pages. But uh, on the title page, he lists himself as editor and writer and publisher for Roy. And then me, as the, it is said, Mike Lena was the official photographer for Action Wrestling Magazine. So Kirk's buying, anyway, so we do that. And then uh, he's buying photos from me ringside as a fan. And then uh, a couple of years pass because uh, Kirk and I would, he would ask me and I would take him with me to some of these indie shows. And what we had after Roy retired and he knew uh, I'll give you a little history here. He knew that uh, when he announced his retirement that Ganya and Vince Jr. were coming in. And this was the of interest. We're talking December 82 or January of 82, well before, like almost two years or uh, 23 months before Vince would go national or make the attempts and start the nationalization. He came into San Francisco, the Northern California. That was like his first foray into going national in and breaking all the rules. So Roy exposes the business after his last show, January of 82, fantastic battle royal at Pat one. And um, can you still see me? I've lost you on the graphic. Or can you still hear me? Russ, it looks like I have lost you. I'm going to hold off on uh, saying anything until I come back. Russ, I've lost you. Um, what's going on? There we go. Okay, can you hear me now, Russ? Yes, let me go and add Evan. He's ready to bring us in. Okay, I'll finish that story because Evan's going to give us a report on what's going on with the WrestleMania Night 2, WrestleMania Sunday. I mean, last night was a, a good show. Everybody's saying it was... Very good. Evan said it was good. You know, some matches were better than others. There was some crap, but uh, by and large, it was uh, mostly positive reviews, which is good to hear. You know, we don't want to crap on. We want the wrestling to be good. Uh, right now, it's so competitive. You better damn well be good. So, Evan, are you with us? Yes. Excellent. You you emailed me. You know, I, I saw that you said it was a, a, a an enjoyable show or a watchable show. Some stuff like the Cody Seth. How could that not be good? For me, for me to praise WWE is quite unusual, but uh, last night's show was really good. Um, there was nothing on it that touched Ring of Honor's FTR against the Briscoes, nothing. But we talked about that earlier. But Cody and uh, Seth Rollins and uh, Bianca Belair. Uh, a match with uh, Becky Lynch. Those were four-star matches, and there were several three-and-a-half-star matches. And Austin's bout was shockingly good, considering he hadn't been in there in 19 years. And they just had a crazy brawl all over the building. 
It went what 13. That suplex onto the concrete floor. So I got to watch the highlight video, which nothing like seeing it, which I want to see. Uh, tell us, what did you think of that? That was pretty shocking they would take that kind of bump. Yeah, I guess the adrenaline kicked in. Um, and Owens is great. I mean, he sold everything. It was perfect. The whole thing was perfect. You could see he'd lost a step or two. But um, it wasn't like he was a shell of himself and it was sad, like with so many of these guys. You know, he looked good. He kept his shirt on. And I'm sure his body isn't quite what it was. But uh, someone said he's, uh, how old is he? They said he's six. 57. 57. Jeez. That yeah. is old. So, um, you know, you could facially, you could see he's aged, whatever. But um, he looked good. He didn't, he didn't look embarrassing like some of these guys who hang on way too long. And uh, it was a good card. Unfortunately, um, we're pretty much halfway through tonight's card, and it's the usual crap. <laughs> you know? really? Yeah. Tell yeah. us what's happened so far. Um, they had Edge and AJ Styles, which was excellent, and it was, and it went fairly long. And then they had a screw job finish. So really? it just diminished, it just diminished the whole thing. What was the finish? We we're not we're I've said we're not going to worry about spoilers. We're going to throw out all the spoilers. So what? Well, this is gonna this is gonna air after it's over anyway. Damian Damian Priest came out and this quote unquote distracted AJ for the pin. So uh, mm. you know, all I can it, say about Stone Cold is that I I just uh, used the weed eater to do my backyard for three hours today, and I'm I'm done. So. I don't know, you know. I don't know how Stone Cold at fifty-seven can do, you know, so, you know, get suplexed onto the uh, pavement. I'm sure he got a huge payday. They got seventy-seven thousand people there two nights in a row. He probably got got a small fortune, and it was worth it to him to um, take the risk. So, do you, do you think that this vaults the WWE back into like? Prominence. I mean, not that it wasn't prominent before this, but said tonight is like business as usual. It's apples. It's apples and oranges. I mean, they could they could fill a stadium two nights in a row, and AEW can put on a better wrestling show. A better wrestling show. There was no match last night that was quote unquote great. It was five three and a half to four star matches. I was. What did you think of the Ronda match? It was, it, was, it, was, it was in a bad slot. It followed Bianca's match, and it followed, um, followed Seth Rollins and Cody. So it was like in the depth slot, and they had a screw job finish. So it, it did not compare. And, you know, I, I'm thinking about all of this. Um, Blair is, like, exceptional. She's exceptional. She's really great. And... She's in the middle of the card, and Rousey, who doesn't touch her, is in the main event because Vince always marks out for quote-unquote celebrities. And uh, tonight, yet Sasha Banks in a meaningless eight-woman match, which was bad comedy and you know yeah. just just a mishmash. It was a nothing match. Give and us the results each time. So what happened with that match? Did they retain the the Queen and uh, Carmella or? I don't even remember. And, and I watched it and I watched it 20 minutes ago. That's how bored I was by it. Yeah, I mean, well, you're not again when you have to entertain everyone for two straight days of, you know, wrestling. There's only, you know, as much as we love wrestling, 
I think, you know, there's only so much of it you can. Well, yes, yes and no, because I watched Ring of Honor Friday night. So this is my third show this weekend. And I was enjoying the hell out of AJ Styles and Edge until they screwed up the finish. And uh, so, you know, if it's great, I'll enjoy it. If it's very good, I'll enjoy it. We had the AJ Edge. We've had the women's eight eight person tag for the women's tag. What other matches happened so far? They had Johnny Knoxville and um, Sami Zayn. It was like a cartoon. They brought out all the prop props from uh, Jackass. It was it was like watching a Rube Goldberg, um, you know, uh, cartoon. It was it was or Tex Avery, something like Tex, Tex Avery. Avery. Yeah, yeah. It's like Wait, Tex was, Avery. Nobody can touch that. That's genius. So then all his whole Jackass crew comes out, and it's like six guys beating up Sami Zayn. It was a cartoon. It was ridiculous. So he, he goes over Sami Zayn, right? Is that the result? No, Johnny Knoxville won, yeah. yeah that's what I mean. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, so so um, but it was it was garbage. And I and I like and I like Jackass for for Ray Jr. to be the one, not his son, who's not nowhere near well He's he's just not really good yet. He's still got a ways exactly. to go. Exactly. I was going I was going to say just that. Logan Paul Logan Paul's his name, right? Yeah. Yeah. This guy, this guy was actually impressive. And yeah. Ray's son looked tentative and was botching moves. I was more impressed with Logan Paul than Ray's son. Honestly. A lot of the, lot of the internet community is talking about very cool thing in watching the, the little snippets was that Ray had Dominic come out in Art and Eddie's original Gringos Locos outfit, the red, white, and blue. The, that's what Dominic had on. And that's all good and fine, but it's still nepotism. He doesn't belong in a big match at WrestleMania. Oh. He's, oh. he's a kid and he's just not, not ready yet. And uh, um, it, it was interesting last night after I watched the show I felt good. Usually after a WWE pay-per-view, I feel frustrated. I feel numb. Numb. Well, we wanted I to have you on. We wanted to have you on so you could talk about it. Also, the internet community is really talking about the Cody Rhodes match. He was totally over, and it was an excellent match. Four-star He had to use his regular music that he used in Ring of Honor and then AEW. Yeah, he was totally accepted by the crowd, and it was an excellent match. It was not steamboat and um it was it was not steamboat and savage it was not flair and steamboat it was not you know but it was a real good match real good match and so was edge and aj styles until they screwed it up and any other results tonight from tonight's card so Uh, almost and lastly was a real stinker the guy the guy's so green uh, almost it was uh what was the finish um lastly Lashley beat him, I believe. Really? This is I, I get I get like numb when it's not good. Yeah, it's like hard. it's like it, it's hard for me to even like register all of it because first of all, they really gotta stop with these fifteen minute entrances. It's the guys work the guys walk, fill up two days. That's how you can fill up two days. It's 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 you know, it's like the, the air that's in a pot in, in a bag of potato chips. Yeah, but meanwhile, meanwhile, they canceled new new day's match yesterday. You don't cancel a match because you have fifteen minute entrances all night. They had eight women. Each one of them got an entrance. And then they go, Oh, we don't have time for the other match. It, 
It's priority. I heard last night. How long was last night? They said it went over. Four so hours. Was, four hours? Eight to 12. That's too much. It, it's, you it's know, only se- it was only seven matches. But that's the problem, is that seven matches shouldn't take four hours. The entrances are endless. Evan and I went to enough Dennis Coraluso shows where it might go till 1.32 in the morning because... Oh, yeah. Remember the 13, 14 matches on there. But you want to know something. You want to know something. Seeing Eddie Gilbert wrestling Cactus Jack or Terry Funk wrestling, uh, you know, Cactus Jack on, on, on a Coraluso show... You know, that you remember 30 years later. I, I can't remember stuff I saw tonight. It was so bad. Yeah, no, so, so did you watch the Hall of Fame uh, Friday? No, or no. Watch the Hall of Fame yet? I would like to hear Undertaker talk for an hour, they said. He, 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 didn't, mention, he didn't mention us. Foley once in, in he the didn't entire mention hour. Either. He didn't mention Foley or who, who else? Russell, I didn't hear you. Oh, I was saying he didn't. He didn't mention us or our show. I was. Hoping. Oh, oh, oh. He didn't. He didn't mention Foley, but who else? He he had to mentioned uh, his manager, Paul Bear. Uh, I forget his real name now. Oliver Humperdinck, or, or oh, that's a different guy. Oh, Percy Pringle. His real name, but uh, so is that the only guy? Or were there others that uh, Undertaker left out? That's kind of a slight. I don't know. Foley's daughter uh, was saying, how could, how could you not mention my dad? It really added to your career. So, so of course, the fanboys attacked Foley's daughter. Okay. Speaking the truth. Oh, God. It's so <laughs> ridiculous. You, you know, they would never have the balls to go up to her face and say that. But, you know, behind a computer, you know. So the new the new spin is the new spin is the Undertaker is the greatest of all time. So I'm like, he doesn't break he doesn't break my top twenty-five. He might not break my top fifty. It could I be say the Sheik, if you got to see him in different places, obviously Kobo Arena or Los Angeles or Honolulu or Japan or Florida or Dallas, the Sheik, in my opinion, great still to this day, greatest. And I'm even including Gorgeous George, who's... Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you who the wrestlers said to me. I, you know, on our old show and on my various shows, inevitably, they say Buddy Rogers and Prime Ray Stevens. And... Who has wrestler wrestlers? I'm just talking gimmick. I think... Oh, gimmicks, gimmicks, yeah. yeah. However, when we... uh, We'll have Brian Solomon on, who's got the new Sheik book out now, which... I think, Ev, you know, I told you about 15 years ago, Joyce, right after Sheik died, maybe it was a little longer, 16 years, Joyce Farad called and asked if I would co-write the book with her. And I go, no, because these books, you you spend two to three years of your life. No one knows better than Evan, who's done several. But if you're doing it on a wrestler and with a wrestler or a, a widow of a wrestler, and and then they don't make that much money. You know, it's a really a labor of love. And I just didn't have the time for that. And I go, why why would you even want to do that now? And she goes, kayfabe is dead. You know, secret is out. The magic is gone. Because I said, why would you want to even reveal that stuff? So thank goodness somebody picked up that. And it was Brian Solomon, who has worked in WWE before and, and magazines. And um, I, I will ask him uh, on this show. Um, 
you know, if the Sheik were doing his thing now, I don't think it would, you know, he'd have to have music. What kind of music would you have for the Sheik? This was a guy like any of the, you mentioned Buddy Rogers or Ray Stevens. They just came to the ring. Ray, most of the time, didn't even have a robe, nothing, like Bruno, belt or no belt, and the place was like go. boxing did the and, same thing. You know, I mean, I don't know if Muhammad Ali had any kind of a ring entrance. I always just remember him just being in the ring when they. He just came to the ring looking like a million bucks, or Tyson just had the towel around his neck and nothing else, old school. And the place would go, as Pat Patterson would say, banana. Wouldn't say the plural. Actually, but Mike Tyson started a lot of that entourage stuff going on. But it, it, it is beginning years and a lot of his great fights. He, I'm just saying, he came. Yeah, yeah before he no, became a big deal. No music, no fancy robes. The fancy robes are cool, though. You know. Let me let me let me just throw this out there. Um, a lot of the legends that we interviewed over the years, the guys that they held in reverence. I'm going to put this out there because talking about WrestleMania, like 5,000 other shows, you know, is only going to go so far. So, um, like I said, Ray Stevens and Buddy Rogers are on the top of their list. Fez is right there. They revered Kowalski. They revered Kowalski. Even though Bruno was not a quote-unquote great technician, they loved Bruno. They they loved Briscoe, Dory Funk, Nick Bockwinkle, Harley Race. These were the elite guys that all of these guys had not. Ivan Koloff, they had great reverence for. And um, these are the, the guys that the wrestlers inevitably. Flair, interestingly enough, not as much because they said Flair took too much from Buddy Rogers. They always respected Flair, the performer, but they didn't look at him as like he was an You're original. Absolutely right, though. Buddy Rogers and Ray Stevens, in terms of performing wrestlers, so that's different from. Uh, Gotch, Billy Robinson, Thez, Danny Hodge, that kind of hooker shooter that would include, you know, many others, Dr. Big Bill Miller, et cetera, Bert Aceriti, uh, Stu Hart, et cetera. But the performing wrestlers and, and not taking talking about gimmick wrestlers like a Sheik on up to Undertaker. But yeah, Buddy Rogers, Ray Stevens, no doubt the best performer performers but yeah kowalski kowalski's right up there kowalski and sheik might be tied for greatest heels of all time because wherever kowalski worked he was similar to bruno in that you, you have to really look at bruno in st louis for example having an hour broadway for the nwa title with harley race most people haven't even seen that mm. and bruno could adapt and and you know even though it's performance art could work with anybody kowalski could work with yeah. high flyers with with guys that were set but the, the, right. the wwe doesn't recognize any of that they don't they don't try to to get today's kids to appreciate anything that's that went on before the undertaker or even you know once but the undertaker is done i want you to forget that's why they they'll turn guys or whatever or they'll just drop an angle cold you know be anyway that's why i enjoy aw as ev does but i want to ask ev uh, let, let, let's talk about that ring of honor show as i really wanted to watch nxt and had i had the time and ring of honor nxt actually you know because i'm a huge tomasa champa fan i think the guy's amazing and he's yeah, sure he's leaving he's probably going to go to AEW. you know that's that's the way everything is going 
But um, so if you didn't get to see the NXT thing, but you watched Ring of Honor. I, I had no desire to see the NXT thing because they they watered that down also. Yeah, I'm sure. I, I I don't need to see Dolph Ziggler defending the belt. I'm not really. But, no, that I could care less about too. I'm just talking about there, there's some other stuff, but really, Ch Champa, it's weird. No, how you watch, you watch it for me, and if you recommend it, I watch it. I trust. I trust. I don't, you. I don't want to shit on it. I, 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 hey, I would rather watch that NXT thing, even the way you know it's no longer uh, black and gold. It's the 2.0 thing now, and and they're shedding these legends. You know, they have those legends retained there long enough to get over the Braun Breakers, you know, Steiner's kid and, and blah, blah, blah. But the Ring of Honor show, I haven't yeah, really- let me, talk, let me talk about that briefly, because yeah. I saw the whole thing. Um, FTR against the Briscoes was match of the year, a lot of people yeah, said. Well, I thought it was great, that. it was great. It was, it was almost 30 minutes. It was between 25 and 30 minutes. In the old days, they would have told you to the, to the second, but they don't anymore. But uh, I was just looking at the clock and it was almost 30 minutes that match. And, you know, they had juice, they were flying, they were brawling, they were wrestling. It had everything. It was great. It was a great, great match. I'm sitting there going, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I'm jaded. You know, I don't usually do That's that. a dream match. They've never faced each other to my knowledge. And at the, and at the end of the match, I won't say who won because people really should order it and support it. But, um, FTR actually did the bow to them, you know, and shook right. hands with them. And really, I love the Briscoes. You know, I'm a, I'm a big ROH fan. I, I've seen the Briscoes, God, three dozen times live. I would say 90% of the time those guys they are, are ass kickers. I they, put on, they put on good to great matches oh. and they have charisma. And they have a unique. Now, what one. about Bandito and Gresham? Bandito and Gresham, I gave four stars. It was good as anything on WrestleMania night one, and thus far tonight, better than anything on Res WrestleMania night two. WrestleMania is not over yet. We're, we're taping this in the middle of the show. I'm just taking a break from it because I'm numb from it. <laughs> but uh, I told what's going on behind you there? Is it is that is it actually going on? Yeah, Vince Mc. This must be the Pat McAfee deal. This this. I don't think you missed anything. It all looks like like just I've been watching it behind you. Is that, Vince, is that all... Vince going down to the ring? Yeah. That, yeah. This must be the Pat McAfee match because they haven't so had Vince that. So Vince is yet. going down to the ring doing his crazy strut. Yes, Vince. I can see another it. another entertaining ring. I don't entrance. care about that, but I want to tell. I have told Jonathan Grisham twice to his face. One time he was working with. Um, uh, Dragon Lee's brother. What's that guy? Or Dragon Lee himself. And I go, man. And then he, he worked against Jeff Cobb at a PWG show. So the match at uh, APW against uh, Dragon Lee, I go, man, what you do from an athletic standpoint is art. And that guy impresses me so much. I've heard people rave that Gresham Bandito also was another possible match of the year candidate. Mm, it, was, it was. It didn't touch um, FTR and uh, the Briscoes, but it was a damn good match. And like I said, it was as good as anything WrestleMania night one or two. So he's on that level. You know, he's a tremendous performer. He's not a big guy, but man, he's a, he's a uh, he machine, that so guy. Good. People are saying, you know, obviously, and I, in referencing that you would be hopefully coming aboard to do what you're doing now, 
at the start of the show, I said people are saying they could see Tony Khan's fingerprints and the AEW influence on the Ring of Honor pay-per-view. Hey, the guy bought it. He saved it, you know, so it'll actually be a promotion as opposed to just, you know, marketing the, the footage, which Vince would have done. But every fanboy who complained about Tony Khan and Ring of Honor, one, he saved them. Two, he put on the match of the year on Friday night. Three, it was a damn good card from top to bottom. There, there, there weren't like any real stinkers on the card. It was, it was an excellent pay-per-view. It was 30 bucks, which is reasonable. It wasn't, you know, like they're trying to pick your pocket. Some of these boxing pay-per-views are $75. It's ridiculous. $30. I'd rather see that and be excited. What about that Brian Danielson was there as like a ref for the, the main event or something? So that's a big deal. Uh, I don't remember that. That's know. what somebody said. He was one of the three judges. Oh, maybe it may be a judge. B.J. Uh, Whitmer, who uh, Russ was mentioning earlier. Um, was. I don't, I, don't, I don't remember him as a judge either, but maybe he was there in some capacity. But I was just thinking you would have the parade, if, if I were Tony Khan, and, and maybe that'll be the next Ring of Honor thing, have CM Punk, bring in Nigel from England, you know, uh, Samoa Joe and uh, any of the, the past greats. And, you know, just have them there, like bring them to the ring before the main event, like a boxing match or, you know, a, any of the great promote. I don't know. NWA used to do that before they became WCW. They might have some prior champions of Gene Kaniski involved and Harley, et cetera. Yeah, it's really a shame that, that, that just, you know, the WWE is in charge of all this history and just won't embellish and, and inform, you know, any of today's. <laughs> How many times, Evan? For maybe 40 years, you know, I have, you and I have bitched about Vince trying to rewrite history. They the had a list. They had a list of the top 50 heels that WWE put out. Kowalski was like 49 or 50, and The Miz was like towards the top of the list. Uh, so it, it's it, they are. They're literally rewriting history to, you know... They want to push their guys. They want to and push because their they guys. control so much footage. It's it's really so difficult for. They can hardly put it out there, but that's the beauty of Tony Khan. However, a guy growing up as a fan who was at Ring of Honor, probably at shows with Evan. Uh, I don't know if I shot anything. Same with Billy Corgan. I mean, he cares too. Well, those are two promoters. I've written an article, and I'll, hopefully, I'll submit it to Slam and, and market it around on promoters with a heart tony khan i mean every show f every dynamite is great every, even the rampages which is like a secondary show they're great too you know you can't really moan and groan about any of that stuff and what a roster he has you know he's got mercedes martinez in the mix and i guess she was on the show how was her women's match at ring of honor it was it was good. I actually know Willow Nightingale. She's done my show, uh, my old show. Oh. Um, yeah, it was good. I wouldn't say it was great. It was a good match. It was a good. But it match. said there was you know maybe a little styles clash, which sometimes happens. You you can bring two people that never work together, and it's like magic. They just automatically. And sometimes there are styles clashes. But I'm glad that Willow's Willow's local, nice nice woman. I you know, I, I hope she uh, makes it because. Uh, She's got the talent, and um, you know, WW this this eight woman WWE thing was such a circus tonight. Carmella comes out 
with like the face mask the women put on before they go to sleep. That white, that white gook. Oh, the, the, what her gimmick is with that was she got punched in the nose in a match. You know, it was, it was a work. And then she said, oh, no, they, I'm, I, they can't touch my beauty. So she has, it's a protective mask. Wait, hold on a sec. Hold on a sec. Evan, turn around and look at what's going on here. Yeah, they got the Dallas Cowboy They got the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders yeah, now. It's an absolute circus tonight. It really, to I mean, you want to talk about... The, Evan, while you've been here, I think you have missed one actual match. I didn't miss any matches. Right, right now, it has just been all just pap. I mean, it's been nothing but... They're showing highlights... Of, of other matches up to come. So the Pat McAfee thing must have been one and done very quickly, unless it's starting. No, What's this is starting now. This okay. is, it hasn't even happened yet. They've, they've, they've had at least 10 minutes worth of pre-show introduction, including the cheerleaders. Now they're actually in the ring fighting. But, I mean... Have you seen this guy before? Uh, uh, Austin Theory at Evolve shows was a terrific wrestler on the indie scene. He had matches with Keith Lee and... And other uh, great, you know, indie anyway, guys. Anyway, this is not good radio for three of us to stare at the TV screen. I'm going to let you guys go and do your show. All right? Okay, well, you're back to, yeah, at least you're back to watching a bench. We, we got you through the ring entrances, at least. It's, the pre-show is two hours of six guys saying absolutely nothing. Two hours. I, I, I fast forward, sped through that. There was nothing good. Nothing. It was like the new map. Six guys, two hours, they say nothing. Uh, Anyway, I'll let you guys wrap up. Enjoy the rest of the show. Thanks for being Uh, here this week. We'll see you next week. My pleasure. See you guys next week. Good night. We'll ask Evan for his report on the matches next next week. week. Sure. All right. Here's what I was saying about Kirk. So Kirk begins and, and wanted to put on a couple of autograph shows. I gave him some initial context to help him get started. Woody Farmer did far more than I did. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying I was uh, a I miss Woody. He was a good guy. Woody was a good guy. He wasn't the and, smartest man in the world or the greatest business sense, but he no, was but, a real but, honest guy. His son, Rex, asked me to be MC at his service, which actually was at the Newark Pavilion, which Woody ran before Kirk ever did. Uh, but... I, I even said then, you know, some people have never credited Woody Farmer for getting them started. I looked right at Kirk when I said that sitting next to Jason Styles, and he knew I was talking right about him. Never paid Woody the proper thank yous or praise or respect for really getting him started. Woody gave up his uh, cable access time slot. Obviously, he was going to do briefly the thing with Comcast, but he gave his time slot at the Newark. Uh, Comcast Place, United Artists Cables, what it was called back then, to Kirk. And then Kirk started having free, you know, people were let in free to watch shows. And I got him hooked up with Reggie Bennett and, and some others for that at the very beginning. And then he used some of Woody's guys like Sonny Stone. And then, you know, evolved and started actually having actual shows where people were charged, first at high schools in Fremont, and then finally the Newark Pavilion, which was a nice you know, all-purpose venue. Uh, so I, I, in the obit thing, you know, I said the good stuff that Kirk did, and I, I said the shit stuff that he had done. So I tried to be honest, 
And yeah, it, I think I think it came off as a more positive thing. Mostly, people have said positive things about him, but I, my personal experience with Kirk White is that he's the one guy, one of the few people that I could describe as saying that you can be having, a, you could be having a conversation with Kirk White, and what was going on in Kirk White's head was a completely different conversation than one that you were actually having with him. He 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 boiled everybody down to dollars and cents, and he was really. That was my point. Was Roland was a student of the business and his main competitor, Roland at APW, and and loved wrestling. Grew up with it. Watched it, you know, from when he was like five or six on. Kirk was always calculating. He was, he was always like, about money. it was more of the monetary. Like one time, yeah. I wrote about this. We're you know we all went up differently different routes but up to a, a show in a, a little nothing town you know it's the town of perhaps one of the greatest veterinary schools in the country in davis wwe or is then wwf halfway between sacramento uh, and the bay area or a little bit more towards sacramento north of san francisco had a, a house show and i get there and i had a press pass that pat patterson had gotten me so i could shoot ringside and I'm going in the back way and Kirk is out there, you know, standing with, and see, said, I got the 58 by 10s here, Mike, will you have uh, Kurt Angle sign them for me? And I go, fuck no, I'm, are you out of your mind? I'm not going to jeopardize me being backstage to have him sign free. Are you kidding? You should be paying this guy. So I, I there's something I didn't write about was that, uh, Although Kirk, you know, really blew the smoke up Brett's ass and they became, uh, you know, friends. And Kirk claims that he introduced Brett to his last wife, you know, after the Italian one uh, where they had the house in, in Maui, I think it was. And that didn't work. Uh, he introduced him to somebody from San Francisco. This is according to Kirk. I never got it verified from Brett. And I would want to do that, you know, particularly with Kirk, verify it. But well, uh, right now. But Owen, yeah, sadly, you know, you don't want to wish that on anybody. And and he, he did for many, many years have these shows. They were always sold out, but they were sold out because primarily the fly-in names would draw. And then you have APW and even a ref. Is I would say APW was like going to a good steakhouse and, and BTW's wrestling was like McDonald's. I mean, well, you know the name. When he got his conventions going, and then you would have like a lot of ECW guys, like I mentioned, the uh, well, Justin Credible had a match. I think that was a match with uh, uh, Spike Dudley. It was, you know, terrific. Uh, but and so that would be fine. But what I'm saying is, when Kirk tried to promote a couple of times, he, it was just an experiment without any fly-ins. Those cards maybe drew fifty to fifty-three percent. You know, so they were like half full. So it was a failure. He had to have the fly-ins. And when he's, you know, so he got his audience conditioned and he knew his audience. And, you know, for many, many years, it was just like maybe one fly-in, maybe, you know, a name fly-in would come in. Like, uh, Kirk you know, never just, really cared about the quality of the matches. Smoke Joe drive up. You know, he did have some good matches. He had Samoa Joe and Kazarian have but a single. But he, he didn't care about how good the matches were. He just wanted to make sure that he was sold out. If he if he could get over 400 yeah, so people. The booking meetings and things like that, it, was, it wasn't, it was like, super professionally laid out. 
Uh, no, Roland cared a lot about like what went on in the actual match itself. Let me let me throw something else out here, and, and I don't want to be knocking the poor guy because uh, I know his wife was a saint. Who at many times I saw her. I didn't really know her. No, but, but we're talking about our experiences with her. I saw her clean up messes, you know, like when he would berate uh, mentally challenged, you know, these kids that would volunteer for him. And he'd have them do simple tasks like ticket taking or maybe sitting and taking money at a gimmick table. Uh, but then he, you know, if they made the slightest error, he would berate them in front of everyone, the audience. Uh, everybody around, and and that's just that that sucked. And um, Owen Hart, I'll, I'll leave it with this: he had Owen Hart at a, a signing with Jeff Jarrett, and at the end he pulled the same thing. You know, Owen had signed a contract and got paid to do X number of photos for X amount of time, and then you know it's it's the end, and Kirk said, you know, he stopped it. And uh, Owen had to go to the airport and uh, we're on our way there because I was in the car and he goes to Owen, can you, you sign? He had like a hundred eight by tens, extra eight by tens beyond the contracted amount that Owen was paid for. Can you, you just sign these, you know, for me? He wanted to sell them in his uh, his collectible store, his store's collectible store or at the next BTW show. And Owen said, absolutely not, because if I sign a whole bunch of extras, my signature will be devalued in or, the market. Yeah, worth less. We much. And so, I respected Owen for standing up to him, you know, where it was way too polite. And, um, you know, while we while we have a couple minutes left, let's have your thoughts on Pepper Martin and the passing of Pepper Martin. Yeah. Got a, Pepper was a real sweetheart of a guy. And this was the first color commentator, to my knowledge. I've asked a number of people, a number of experts. There was nobody before him. You know, he started doing color commentary mid to, you know, say around 1967 in Los Angeles in L.A. And then soon he's also doing it in San Francisco along with Hank Renner. For now, I remember those. I remember watching. Yeah. You know, because he got injured and he was a champion wrestler all over the place. But he got into acting. He helped others. He was in Superman too, right? He yeah. gets beaten he was up in at the end. Movies, not just the the heel that beats up Clark Kent in Superman too. Lots of movies, paint your wagon, along with the uh, hard boiled Haggerty, many TV roles and stuff. But he helped encourage guys and help Piper and Terry Funk. He helped Jesse Ventura at the, some point. Uh, Steve Strong and others wrestlers get into acting. Uh, even Rock Riddle get on Soupy Sales and the Gong Show, uh, from what he told me. And it was just a generous guy. And, and I'll leave you with this. Luthez trusted him so much that the very first draft of Luthez's book, Hooker, he asked Pepper to read proof and give his opinion. The very first person, other than Lou and Kit Bauman, I think it was, uh, to to look at this and, and give his thoughts and edit and whatever was Pepper Martin. That's how much Luthez trusted this guy. You know, class, class guy. And uh, he called me uh, in January and said, you know, Mike, I wanted to let you know I'm going into hospice care and I'm at peace with dying. I know that's coming soon. He managed to last like five, six weeks after that. And, uh, you know, real fighter. 
Um, he asked me to call him like, you know, maybe every day, every other day, I'll talk for as long as I can, but I'll take my mind off this shit. Those were his exact words. But you could tell when it was time to let him go, uh, each time I'd call that his breathing was getting labored. So he had a recurrence and he supposedly never smoked of lung cancer. He'd survived eye cancer, lost an eye to it about 10, 11 years prior. But this guy was very courageous and, and should be a hero to any of us, a hero to any of his brothers and sisters in wrestling. And the guy was beloved. He emceed a number of Cauliflower Alleys. He was there at the day one when Cauliflower Alley started. And it was just a wonderful, wonderful person. So that guy, I would say 100% angelic on the angelic side. That was Pepper Martin. And he was a fantastic star in many places, even teaming the two Peppers, he and Pepper Gomez. Pepper Martin and Pepper Gomez teaming for Roy Shire. You know, he's a big part of Roy Shire's promotion. He's the one who recommended Pat Patterson in the first place in 66 to Roy Shire when they were both, they had a long program for Don Owen in Portland. So Pepper Martin was a big deal internationally. He had Japan tours for Ricky Dozan's promotion. He's a class guy. So that's no better way to end the show than saying what a wonderful person was. You know, we lament Kirk's white passing. We definitely. Well, I think you weren't here for Scott Hall's passing, too. I was going to ask you. Scott Hall, super nice guy. Remember, he specifically asked me. He knew I was going because I was on staff for WCW magazine during its run, you know, the newsstand magazine. And anyway, he knew uh, I was going to uh, Louis Piccoli's funeral. He said, Mike, if they have a little program or whatever, can you get it for me, please? You know, we love Louis. So uh, that the evening after, it was a Monday night, I think it was a Monday was Louis' service. And that Monday night, Nitro, uh, I gave he and uh, Kevin Nash. Uh, it was a, an actual little car. So it was like a mini program. Uh, on one side was a picture of Louis. On the other, you know, it had some elements of his life, you know, when he was born and passed and gave that to those two. And, and Scott Hall cried. He was, uh, you know, touched. He really wanted to have been there. He couldn't, but, uh, it, it, you know, so I was very sorry to hear about that. You know, it's just, you don't want anybody to pass. Uh, and, uh, no, I, I've been a fan of Scott Hall since the America, the American starship coyote. Yes, yeah, Florida Eddie Graham days, even before AWA's himself teaming with Kurt Hennig. Now we've lost both of them. Right. But uh, yeah, super, you know, nice guy and uh, one of the big names who never held any kind of version of any world title. But the guy didn't, you know, really need it. Um, and um, yeah, it's, yeah, and the biggest gimmick he had was created by Vince, the Razor Ramon thing. So, um, yeah, we miss these guys. Obviously, they'll stay, you know, with other, thankfully with video, there's not much of Pepper Martin, but there's tons of uh, loads of Scott Hall for people to enjoy and remember him with. And yeah, let's keep those guys in our thoughts. Pepper, uh, Scott Hall, most definitely. Uh, and we, hey, we should have a lot to talk about with Evan next time. And actually next week, I want to hear, I, I'll, I'll throw you questions, ask you, I didn't know you went to WrestleMania 2 in L.A. So next week I want to hear, Russ, because I got to go. I want to hear about – let's start the show with you telling us about the – My WrestleMania story? Sure, I'd be happy to. Hogan and uh, King Bundy Kong. In the the blue, big blue cage. The big blue cage. That was the Blassie cage, too, because that came from Mike LaBelle's office. 
when Vince Jr. bought uh, in December of 1982 uh, Mike LaBelle's you know whole promotion. He got that was the Freddie Blassie cage, the blue cage. That was really? the Blassie okay. Cage. I, I wasn't aware that, of that. But that was the cage. Never to be used in WWF again, to my knowledge. But Yeah, no, I think that's the... Well, no, I think it was used a couple other times. I think I saw it used once live, actually, in the Cowpalace. And a number of people, like on Busted Open, I mean, to correct Dave LeGrec on this, he couldn't understand why at WrestleMania 2, Susan St. James, who was terrible, she didn't know anything about wrestling, doing commentary. Well, the reason was, the guy who helped Vince get Saturday Night Live's main event, the you know, with Lauren Michaels, the head producer of Saturday Night Live and so many other things, who's head of NBC Sports was Dick Ebersol, and Susan St. James was Dick Ebersol's wife. That's how that gig at WrestleMania 2 happened. But let's talk about that next week, Russ, because I got to go. Very good. All right. Thanks for being here this week. We'll see everyone next week. Good night, everyone. Domo.